Welcome to the It Crowd podcast, where technology leaders converge with the boardroom elite. In this digital hub, the pulse of cybersecurity, mobility, managed services, and networking comes alive. Here, innovators and decision makers unite, forging a dynamic dialogue for tomorrow's success. So whether you're a tech aficionado or a C-suite strategist, this is your platform. Join host Richard Rodriguez and Josh Lowry as they bridge these worlds, curating insights and fostering a collaborative dialogue. The It Crowd podcast is proudly brought to you by the following sponsors. ClearSync Solutions, unifying your technology solutions with simplicity. From M&A integration to global connectivity, cybersecurity to managed services, we're your comprehensive partner aligning your business goals with technology for energy, oil and gas, and financial service firms. Trust our proven track record. ClearSync Solutions, one ClearSync, countless possibilities. eCentire. The authority in managed detection and response protects the critical data and applications of our customers from the known and unknown cyber threats by providing exposure management, managed detection and response, as well as incident response services designed to build your organization's cyber resilience and prevent business disruptions. By combining open XDR platform technology, 24-7 threat hunting, and proven security operation leadership, eCentire's award-winning MDR services and team of experts help organize organizations anticipate, withstand, and recover from cyber attacks. Welcome to the It Crowd podcast, coming to you live from the Upright Digital Studios in Houston, Texas. My name is Josh Lowry. I'm joined with the as, with the co-host extraordinaire, Mr. Richard Rodriguez. Hello, Richard. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Again, this is the audience won't know this, but that was my second time to do this. I hope that went well. This is uh, we are we are new to this podcast game, you and I together. But uh, I'm not new to this podcast game. I'm. I always tell people the hardest part of the intro is, or to the podcast, is the intro on camera. You have to stare at it and and remember what you have to say. How did I do on this one? The magic of editing, though. But you did great. I will try to edit this. <laughs> How you do it? Do you like doing these podcasts? They're great. I love it. It's fun, isn't it? It took you a year to talk me into it, but I'm so glad that we're finally doing it. So, audience today, Richard called me this morning. We're getting ready, and he says, hey, are you wearing your pink shirt today? And... Uh, Pink is my power color, by the way, audience. You'll have this is, by the way, this is the segment to tell you to start watching us on our YouTube channel. That's how good we are. Is we talk about our clothes, and that way you you're you have a reason to come look at us on our YouTube. <laughs> and I said, well, no. And and by the way, today is the we're going to the baseball game today, and it's it's the uh, Pride game at the uh, Astro Stadium today. So he asked me if I was wearing the pink shirt, and I thought that's why he was asking me. <laughs> and I said, uh, well, no. And I said, uh, do you want me to? And he said, no, I'm wearing my pink shirt. And I said, well, fine, I guess I'll wear my purple shirt. So I'm wearing a purple Masters. You're wearing your, your pink, pink Masters. Master. You look great. Coordination. Come on. You look great. Yes. And then our guest, who we're going to talk to in a minute, is a big Masters fan as well. Huge. Yes. Is and was an ex-athlete. Well, I hey, we're not talking to him yet. We're talking <laughs> to him. Is, is the Masters the greatest thing you've ever done? Ever. I mean, I've done quite a few bucket list items. Yeah. You know, World Series, Super Bowl, but... By far, the Masters is number one. Who Just won the experience. The year that you went, uh, Patrick Reed won the first time that I went. Okay, and uh, yeah, so it was great. But just the the entire experience, you can't. It doesn't translate well on TV. Words don't do it justice. Uh, the environment, the uh, 
the whole course layout, the undulations that you go through when you're walking that entire course, you get a greater appreciation for it and just the setup and how they run it. So I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm going to say this. My, our kids, my daughter goes to school with Patrick Reed's daughter <laughs> and, um, I was still at the mat. I went to the same year that he won and I was still at Augusta flying home on that Monday when he was already home. And my wife sends me a picture of her picking up my daughter with Patrick and he's wearing the green jacket holding his daughter. And she's like, Oh, no big deal. I, I just met the master's champion today. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so she kind of outdid me, even though I got to see him win. So, you know, Randall, this is our guest. We could talk about this all day long. Sure. Just make you feel awkward, but maybe we should bring you into the conversation. <laughs> Whenever you you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with everything Richard said about the Masters experience. I will tell you, though, the very first time I went to the Masters, I'll tell you just a quick funny story before we get going here, is I had gone, I went on a Saturday. Okay. What year was this? Oh, gosh. This is, I couldn't tell, I can't get you in the pew. I can get you in the church. Um, <laughs> probably 12, 12 years ago. Okay. So that right? was Bubba Watson. Yeah. Bubba Watson. That's correct. Yep. So um, being a rookie, it being my first time going to the masters, I went on a Saturday, but wasn't thinking that the tee times are later on Saturday because you had to cut, right? They start earlier on Thursday and Friday, but Saturday they start a little bit later. So I got there early I was excited and you know, the gates opened and of course, nobody was seeing off yet. So by the time I had walked the course, right, the first time while nobody was golfing, by the time I walked the course the first time, I was exhausted. <laughs> I just found this. I just sat down on 16 with a beer in my hand, you know, just kind of smart idea. Just relaxed for the rest of the day. But when I was walking in to the gates, I was carrying a bottled water. It was a Dasani. I was stopped and told that I had to take the wrapper off of the bottled water because there is no advertising going on that is not master's related. So I had to pull the Dasani sticker off or chunk it, you know, or, or drink chuck, it or yeah. chuck the water or, or drink it real fast. But that, so that was my first, like, okay, wow, I've arrived at the master's. Right, exactly. This, this is real. Welcome right exactly. to the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the, to the civility of the masters. Well, speaking of civility, we should probably formally introduce you. Richard, why don't you give us a formal introduction there? So, Randall Thompson, Chief Revenue Officer of Evolve IP. Um, you know, a fabulous partner. Uh, we've done we've done a number of things together. Randall is an outstanding person, uh, very big in community efforts and, and doing other things, and a fantastic leader for his company. Okay. So we were talking a little bit off offline here, Randall. Um, you, <laughs> I, I said, you know, here's where we're going to want to start. You know, give a little background. He said, "I'd like to talk about my myself as little as possible." I said, "Well, this is a podcast. You're going to hate the next hour of your life." Then, <laughs> so, man, welcome to the man, show, man. What did you sign yeah. up for? <laughs> so, right. on that note, tell us how you were born and go from there. No, I'm kidding. Talk, evolve IP. Tell us how you got to that point, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, and thank you for the kind words, Richard. Um, feeling is mutual. So, um, been at Evolve IP for a little bit north of two years. Um, I came to Evolve IP by way of the financial sponsor that owns the majority of Evolve IP, which is a private equity firm out of Boston called Great Hill Partners. Okay. Um, I have worked with Great Hill Partners um, for the past 13 years. This is the third company that I have been a part of that has been um, you know, sponsored by Great Hill. And I have worked with um, same business partner and a number of other folks that I consider partners, um, you know, teammates that we have worked together in our third company for the past 15 years. So, um, you know, I consider myself the luckiest guy I know yeah, for, a nice a, team. for a lot of reasons. I'm the luckiest guy I know work with great, you know, PE sponsor. I work with great people that I love working with that, you know, always have each other's back, understand our roles and what our swim lanes are super supportive of one another. And, you know, if, 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 if that wasn't good enough, we've also, we've also become really good friends. So, and that just kind of matters to me, right? It's like you get up and you go to work every day. You, you know, you want to, you want to like the folks that you're going to work with right. every day. Um, just makes it that much more enjoyable. So um, are you out of Boston? No, I actually reside in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Um, with my wife and two teenage daughters. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you got there. That's your, you've been there two years, two years. What has the last two years been like? 
Um, it's been exciting. You know, uh, when we first joined the company, there were there were things that um, I would say needed attention, right? Where we wanted to spend focus, um, kind of what I would say, you know, kind of working on the engine under the hood, I guess, for lack of better vernacular. Mm-hmm. And we changed the way in which, um, you know, that business has run, the way we serve our customers, the solutions that we deliver to the market. Um, so it's been a really fun experience for us. Um, and, and also, you know, the culture of the company, right? That's, I'm a big culture guy. Mm-hmm. So um, making sure that we have people that um, where everybody's goals are aligned and, you know, all have the same, I would say, DNA, you know, super high care factor. Yes. Um, like every decision you make comes through the lens of um, are we living up to our brand promise, which is always having our customers back and giving them the, you know, the true enterprise experience that they would expect, deserve, and demand for the amount of money that they pay us every month. Um, and just getting everybody working in that cadence. Um, it's been a lot of fun. So it's been a great journey and look forward to continuing the journey. So let me stop for just one second sure. because I want to make sure that you know the kind of questions that I'm going to be asking. Okay. <laughs> so Richard and I started this podcast because um, the name of the podcast is The It Crowd. Okay. It's a, you know, kind of a play on words. The the it being the sure. IT crowd mm-hmm. and the it being the senior level executive crowd, you know, uh, whereas it was all the name of the podcast was almost what's my password if that gives you any idea of where what the concept of it was yeah. where um you know i'm i own a couple different companies mm-hmm. and, and i i understand some technology and i understand some it issues but i don't okay. <laughs> in in many ways so richard um understands all of them and so i would go to him and i'm like what does this mean why can't i do this why can't x y and z happen and he would explain these and i was like you know richard you should explain these in my opinion complex issues right to people in a you know in a layman's terms to where mm-hmm. they can understand them and he started doing that and then i said we should do a podcast to where we can have executives come on and explain these to people because i know there's friends of mine that don't understand these that need to understand these sure. these issues so that being said um there's a lot of companies that that people probably touch every single day that they have no idea they touch every single day so if you don't mind just telling the audience what Evolve IP is, what they do, because as you mentioned, when you start saying we looked under the hood and we wanted to make sure we're supplying our customers with the best mm-hmm. value, sure. what, what is that value? What are yeah, you yeah. guys doing? Yeah, of course. So at a, at a very high level, okay. um, Evolve IP is in the business of enabling companies and their employees to, in my mind, thrive in this new what we believe is here forever hybrid work environment right where you've got people that are working a couple of days a week in the office or you know of course the travel demands are just working remote right so we are in the business of enabling those employees to work in a very efficient um environment giving them applications and meeting them with applications where they need to be met and having security wrapped around everything that we deliver, right? So it's making sure that they're effective, they're efficient from anywhere, from any device, making sure that security is a big part of every part of the solution set that we deliver. That is isn't. Does that make sense? I mean, that feels like an excellent description. So cybersecurity is at the very forefront of what you're doing then? It's a part of everything we do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And when you say here forever hybrid, that doesn't just mean the guy or the girl working from home or work. That could be because you're not just setting up a desktop at the house. That that means they could be in vacation. They could be anywhere. That's the beauty of it, right? Anywhere, any device, right? Giving them access back to their corporate apps that they need in order to do their job, right? If I'm on my laptop and my laptop dies, chuck it to the side, grab my kid's iPad. That goes out, oh, that's grab my iPhone. I can do the job having access to all those apps that I need in order to do that role from any device anywhere in a very secure environment um, because that's a huge thing for people these days, right? That's And, and what's so interesting about that is, you know, you think about when the pandemic started, and by the way, we're not a category creation company. We didn't just pop up on the back of a global pandemic, right? right? We've been doing this since 2007. So, um, everybody rushed home, right? And everybody had different ways of making sure that their employees 
could do their jobs from home, right? But the one thing that they forgot about, it seems like it's the thing they often forget about most is, okay, how do I secure that environment? Right. It's like the thing, it's like the Colombo moment, right? It's the, it's the thing they think of last. Like, okay, everybody, I've got everybody working. Everybody's efficient. Everybody's able to do their job. Oh my gosh. Holy cow. Is this secure? Right. So then they come back and they start to say, okay, now, now what do I do? Right. How do I, how do I solve that piece of the puzzle? So again, that's just one piece. You know, we, the solution set that we deliver falls in, you know, three buckets mm -hmm. and I would desktop as a service being one. Um, collaboration, think Microsoft Teams, Cisco WebEx, et cetera, et cetera, would be two. And then contact center would be the third. Okay. It's one of the things that Richard always talks about is, you know, it's one thing to, to say, yeah, I've got a uh, secure computer. And, he, and he'll say, okay, well, what happens when your kid logs onto your computer? Exactly. And right. goes to their website. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, traditional forms, you know, everybody said before, Oh, you know, we have a VPN and I'm totally secure. It's like, no, you're not. You think you are, but you're really not, right? And when you're, and again, when your kid's on your network and he's downloading stuff on his PlayStation and who knows where he's going to and all those kinds of things, you're on that shared network, right? Oh, it didn't have to and be your so, same computer. It just can be oh, the no, same network. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. So, and that is where, you know, the, the, the tools and the solutions, you know, that Randall's company provides uh, enables you to be able to do that um, whether it's on that network or like you said, different, any device that you can bring on and you know that you're going to be able to securely log in to what your company needs, what, what they need to provide you in order to do your job. What kind of cyber, were there a bunch of cybersecurity, I don't want to say breaches, is that the right word? I mean, upticks, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Bre breach, right? Breach so, over sure, the last couple of years. Absolutely. Really? Right? Oh, a hundred percent. But if, if I might, can I dovetail Please, off of yeah. something that Richard yeah. just said? Because I think it, I think it might be relevant. Now I'm not certain I'm going to do a great job of articulating it that well. But since this is a podcast and we're just kind of sitting around having a conversation, and if we don't like maybe, it, we'll delete it anyway. Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll do a good job, right? So this is something that I heard. Um, one of our sales engineers, guy's name is Kevin Sullivan, best and the brightest. Richard, you know him, right? Super smart and great at breaking things down into terms that everyone can understand. Mm -hmm regardless of their technical acumen. Those people right? are amazing. So he's perfect way. for me, right? Because he's, I'm not that technical and he, he puts it in a, in a in, you know, he kind of delivers it in a way in which I can understand it. Got it. Yep. So he gave me a great analogy the other day and he said, or he talked to somebody else. He was like, you know, anytime I travel, I'm the things that are going on in my head as I'm going to the airport is like, okay, do they have TSA in this airport? How long is the TSA line? Are they efficient today? Am I going to be at risk of missing my flight if the TSA line is backed up or they don't have clear or whatever, right? But then once you get through that TSA checkpoint, you now, even if you are unlucky enough to not have a direct flight, even if you have a stopover, you now have been given access to roam about the airport in the terminal, go to the Sky Club, whatever, right? And you've been granted authorization, right? You are now an authorized traveler, okay? And that's how he views um, working in a DAS platform because everything is centralized and it's one place to go in and get authorization from a security perspective. You mentioned VPN, right? On traditional computing, you might have to go in and get different you know, authorities for different applications. Exactly. Right. Making that experience not as pleasant for the end user, far more cumbersome and, you know, making that analogous an analogous or whatever, the, how you ever pronounce that word, right. To like, okay, if I'm traveling and I don't have that one central checkpoint of TSA and I have a layover, I would then have to get off my plane and go through security again at the next airport. Right. Right. And just think about how unpleasant that would You'd almost would have be. to go through it at the Starbucks and at the exactly. Skyline. Bingo. Exactly. Bingo. And at the restaurant. Exactly. Right. The exactly. Right. So he was far more articulate in the way in which he delivered what I just said. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm... I know the concept is yeah. clear. So for me, conceptually, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes... Yeah, that's a great analogy. That makes great sense. And right? It does make a lot of sense. So, you know, that's one of the things that... 
I think is on the forefront of people's minds as they're thinking about solutions like this, whether it be ours or somebody else. And that would be a desktop as a service? Correct. You know, Richard talks about that all the time. Is that So how different is that than as contact, uh, what's the one I'm trying to think of? Uh, not contact so, as a service. Um, CCAS? Yeah. So like, yeah. So like uh, contact centers. Contact you know, centers is a solution. Right, right, right. Same thing or what? No, d different, but that's where you and I have talked before. And so, you know, a lot of the customers that we serve are in the oil and gas environment, mm -hmm. right? And they hear, they hear CCAS, they hear contact center. And I have this conversation with them all the time. They still think in terms of, oh, that's a call center right. offshore. Right. That's not, that's not applicable to our business. And I tell them all the time, it's like, no, like you have 12 manufacturing locations around the world. You have inside salespeople in each one of those locations, and they're constantly have emails coming in, phone calls coming in. Where's my order? Those kinds right. of things. Yep. I'm like, you have 12 mini contact centers. That's right. You just you don't, just know don't it. You just don't put the terminology that way. <laughs> right, right. But that's exactly what you know, another one of their services can provide. And it's giving that connectivity. Again, you know, the big term now is one pane of glass. Sure. You know, and, and they, enable, uh, they enable people to do their jobs so much more efficiently. All right, so then I'm, I'm looking at my notes here then. D if, if we're doing desktop as a service, now I understand this, you're one point of contact or you're I, from using the TSA analogy. Sure. Love it. Okay. That's actually great. Tell that guy. How'd I do? I, well, your Did you understand it? I did. Okay, then I did okay. And we tell, this is why we have to have smart people around us, by the That's way. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so tell whoever your smart friend is. <laughs> yeah, great job. He's really smart. <laughs> so I, I understand the security benefit of it. Uh -huh. But I've got notes like OPEX, CAPEX, ease yeah. of use, scalability. What, what does all that mean to me? So here, here's, here's a couple of things that I would say. When I'm, look, when I'm talking to, whether it be someone like Rich or, you know, another executive in the C-suite, right. right, for lack of better vernacular, and, and we're talking to them about the different challenges that they're trying to solve and how some of our solutions can help solve them. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't, right? But some of the things that are top of mind that lead people down the path is, so here's a, here's an example. We have a customer out in Los Angeles and they are, um, they're in the BPO space and one of their, Wait, I, I know what that means, but what does that mean to you? Um, well, it's just business process, right there. They are B BPO. Yeah. They're doing a lot of, um, B what is pro BPO? project work, right. right? In in the sense that they will have, agreements it could be healthcare companies where they have a three-year agreement where they're providing service or three-month agreement where they're providing those services for three months during a benefit period yeah or here's the one i was going to this particular company does work for fema okay and they do a lot of work for fema during the hurricane season okay okay and what happens is they end up having to hire a bunch of employees to put in their contact center right but they're remote employees, okay? And those employees are doing work, taking calls inbound, outbound for FEMA. And then once hurricane season subsides, then you know you don't have a need for those employees as much. So you're spinning up and you're spinning down those resources as your needs dictate. You're also hiring employees. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's kind of mountains and valleys, right? One of the things that the CFO realized one day he's like randall I, I had this epiphany as embarrassed as i am to say this that in almost 30 percent of the time when an employee leaves we never get the laptop back and we're spending non-trivial money yeah on those laptops that not it's not just some chromebook yeah, or like right. it's exactly. a high-end lap machine right and he said because what happens is when they quit what am i gonna do hold their last paycheck it, it it's, it's meaningless. So they're actually taking the job to steal the laptop. Yeah. What happens now is you have sensitive com company data on a machine and you don't know where it is, mm. okay? Then you've got the constant you know, capital investment of buying new laptops and then you introduce, which I think we're you know, hopefully on the tail end of some of that stuff, the supply chain problems where if you're a company that's got to send out 400 laptops every month and you can't get those laptops because of the supply chain, well, now you have a different set of problems to solve. So when people are thinking about logistics, security, capital, that leads them down a path of saying, you know what? 
maybe we should look at some alternative ways and getting out of the shipping people laptop business. Because also think about all the pressure and stress and strain that that puts on IT. Because look, everybody's trying to do more with less. Yes. Right? And you put so much pressure on your IT team, they're constantly having to, you know, shipping computers back. They're, you know, they got to configure them all. Reconfigure it, send them back, swap them out. So, real quick, so then you guys are then, again, this is, you're teaching me right now. I'm learning. I really am. Okay. So, you guys are, I'm here to help. I want, I like, I need this. (laughs) So, you then, then you become, you're shipping these people computers? No. 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 We, we are just providing them a desktop, like a virtual desktop in the cloud, and they could use their own device, right? So companies are like, hey, bring your own device. Yeah, bring your own Chromebook. Bring your own whatever, right? And we're going to give you access, again, to the corporate apps that we want you to have access right. to, right. not some of the ones you don't need access to. It doesn't do matter. You can have whatever you want. This right? is the only one that matters to us. Right. Well, we're going we're gonna to block out the apps that you don't need to do your job. We're going to give you access to the apps that you do need to do your job in your virtual desktop. And then if you leave, when you leave. Just no more access. No more access. Shut it off. Exactly. Have a nice day. And I can spin those things up. And, you know, quite frankly, I'm sure that, you know, my CTO and some of the other folks that I'm very fortunate enough to work with every day would be highly irritated when I say this, but we could spend those things up in hours. Yeah. You know, we like to say days to give ourselves a little bit of runway, but they can do it in hours, right? (laughs) Right. Rich knows. So again, think about it from the the field that you come from. Seriously. All of of the field crews, right, that have to get hired and then once they're off of that well site and then they go back out. Right? And I just wonder how much down, right? how much computing, you know, processing power is really needed to run. It feels like you don't need all these expensive computers to run this stuff. No, no. You, you don't. There are certain verticals where... Would make sense. And I would say like an engineering firm or something like right. that where they're doing like CAD drawings and things like that. Right. Where you, you, have, you need more kind of horsepower, but still we're providing the horsepower, right? Um, we're just either doing it on within our own private infrastructure, or if they need, you know, think like G- GPUs, high GPUs, then we would leverage, you know. You know, I used, to, I used to have a guy that worked for me, this, one of the smartest guys ever. I, I still talk to him, love him. He's got, he's the president of his own company now, and as he should be. He was, yep. I knew he was talented early on, and he became excellent. So, um, but one of the things he used to say was, you don't run a business with the outlier. And what you're describing there really is an outlier. Yeah. And, you know, you can take care of those outliers as need be. Yep. Right. If that person, engineer, needs something specific, you take care of that. Yeah. But it sounds like for the most part, which the ones that Richard and I are talking about, they don't need they don't need that. CAD drawing no. processing power. They no. need data entry, mm-hmm. report, et cetera, which is a one twenty eight gigabyte. You got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You are, you're more technical than you you led on to believe. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, those kind of things. That's a simple yeah. Best Buy type computer that costs two hundred and fifty dollars. Sure. That that most people have. Yeah. But again, the great thing about the solution that Randall offers is he can create a hybrid environment. So even if a company has you know a hundred engineers that need high computing power, you know they can spin those up and give them that that horsepower as well through the cloud and through their through their through their offering, but then the people that don't, that really are just data entry folks, you know, it's at a, it's in a different model. But they can prov- they can provide it across the board. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at this like opex capex. I bet that is a big conversation. It's you a guys big have conversation all the time. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you're having those conversations. Um, and I love getting in when I'm involved in the sales journey um, with with the sales folks. Um, when you're having those conversations with the CFO. Um, it becomes really interesting because, right. you know, you're, you know, you, you see the epiphany, right? And you see them go, holy, wait a minute, there is a far better way and there's a better use of my capital than to be going out and, and being in a laptop business, especially when I have in certain verticals up to 28% of the time I never get it back. Like that's, that's no way to run. So who do you right? talk to then? Like who's the, when you tell this story, who's the most interested? Is it the CFO, CEO? No, it's going to, it's going to be, CTO. it's going to be CTO, CIO. But when the CFO does get involved, right? Because, you know, they ultimately do, yeah. right? When you're going to put your business case in front of, you know, the CFO for sign off, he's okay. They're now involved. And when you're having that conversation with them and, you know, kind of laying out the, you know, what I would consider to be the implicit, explicit benefits of the solution. And when you get to that, hey, this is, these are the wins for you from an economics perspective, then they're involved, right? But it's definitely going to start at the CTO, Why, why would anybody buy a computer anymore? 
I'm, and I'm not trying to pump your company up. Yeah, I mean, no, no. Look, but like, I mean, why would anybody buy a computer anymore? Um, well, I, I guess you know, perceived benefit to the employees that they don't have to bring their own device, or um, you know, I, I mean, think there's always going to okay. be sure. There's, yeah. I mean, different companies just have different perspectives, yeah. right? But you know, for the most part, the use case has been proven that you don't have to anymore. Damn, I, I think spent a bunch of money way. on computers. I think of it this <laughs> <Exactly>. way, <laughs> and this is and this is not. When I think of it this way, it's not mm. it's not because I'm looking through the lens that that benefits me the most, or or the company that I serve the most. But if I look at the employee base at our company, if you think about it in technology companies, right? It's it's the the younger employees that are, you know, maybe their second job out of school or maybe it's their first job out of school, right? Really smart, really efficient, definitely have a different way of working than, you know, than someone my age, right? Um, but they don't want your, you know, giant right. HP laptop that the right. corporate office is going to send them. Right. They want to bring, you know, their own device. Even I, I'm like, no, 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 no. I got my own happy little the you know right. computer. I'll, I'll work from there. Right? Well, you could incentivize them in other ways too. You could make like if you talk about bringing their own device. There's other ways to incentivize people. Yeah, yeah. To but you the- you could also some companies are now going. Hey, you know what? We're going to give them a just a you know kind of every three years we'll give them a right whatever credit so that they can apply that towards the purchase of their own device. Right? There's all different ways of because of ultimately that. what you're doing is protecting your IP. As a company. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Right. Because I, you know, look, we started one of our companies, we started everything on a Chromebook. Yep. And because we were traveling internationally yeah. and, you know, a lot of the employees didn't like it. And I was like, look, I don't care that you don't like it. What I care is if that backpack gets stolen in an airport, yeah. I can delete that computer and all my prints on there. I, that's what I care that's right. about. Hey, I'm one of the biggest offenders. I, I, I would be embarrassed to tell you how many times I've left an iPad or a computer on an airplane, you know, right there in the pocket. Yeah. Right. Or my Bluetooth. Yeah. I go through three a week. Right, I just leave them in hotels. It's incredible. You'd think at my age I would be old enough to, or mature enough I to think, figure that out. I, I can't three, do it. By the way, I think three a week you just exposed your. Yeah, age. I'm totally right. It's kind of <laughs> like my contact lenses, right? I still right. haven't figured out that you know, you can't redefine the term extended wear. You know, you're supposed to take them out every day, and I leave them for six months and wonder why I get an eye infection, right? Clearly, I'm not mature enough, so you know. I just go. All right, we're going. We're that's right. So we're three a week. Here. Bluetooth. That's that's an issue. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, ease like of use, I get $600 this. $600 a week budget for Bluetooth, yeah. right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you guys, you have to sign up for his company because he's running out of Bluetooth money. Exactly. Scalability. Say, I mean, that's one of your notes, Richard. I get scalability because yeah. that's, that's it kind of speaks for itself. Um, I mean, you, you guys have 300 employees growing, but that really just feels like that's a that's a demand over the last three years. Yeah. The COVID we've, issue. We've right? got 300, and I, I think today it's – um, I try to be a man of exacts, but I think it's 324 employees. Okay. Right. We're based Where out Where were of, you two years ago? Um, probably 225, okay. if I had to guess. Okay. Somewhere thereabouts, right? You know, but we've had some natural, you know, kind sure. of, right? Okay. Um, based out of uh, King of Prussia, which is just outside of Philadelphia. But offices, um, Rotterdam, UK, um, Israel, mostly developers in Israel, but... Look, we have customers that have global requirements. So even though we're North American based, we deliver our solutions globally and serve our customers globally. He, we're going to go back to you. And I will tell you this: there's 324 employees in our company, and 323 of them are smarter than I am. Well, yeah, I was just going to bring this up real quick. You played football at New Haven, University of New Haven. What position did you play? I played outside linebacker. Okay, big dude. That there. was what feels like two lifetimes ago. Probably one. Was it great playing college football? It was awesome. <laughs> it was a great. It was a great thing. You know, for me, and I always look for, you know, if I'm, like, the hardest part of my job is finding great talent. Yeah. Right. It's it's building the, the team. Right. Um, and I always look for, um, athletes. Yeah. You know that have kind of have have gone through that journey. Um, I actually just learned something really interesting. Actually, um, a close friend of mine that I played with. In New Haven, his name was Rob Thompson, um, and I'm still very involved at the university. I'm on the board of governors. Okay, um, and I do that because it's just it's an easy way for me to give back because I have a long memory, right? So they afforded me a football scholarship to go to school for four years. Aside and I, from Bluetooth, I right, yeah. right. Um, 
not that it matters, but like I, I would not have gone to college without an athletic scholarship. I very, 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 very lower middle class. Like that was that was the thing for me, right? Yeah, that's awesome. So I have a long memory, right? For people who do good things, so I get like I get choked up about it. Right? Yeah. So so it's an easy way for me to 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 give back. Um, but the the lessons that you learn, you know, growing up and playing sports, it's like you know the accountability, being an awesome teammate, understanding how to manage your time well, right? That's the biggest thing. Yeah. People ask me, what was the one thing you got out of college? And I try to I try not to say this too loud in front of my children. Time management. Yes. Right? Because being able to do the athletics and the academics at the same time, it's hard, especially for someone like me who had to work really hard at it in the classroom, right? I would say I'm slightly above average intelligence guy. Um, I'm just kind of kidding. I hope I'm smarter than that, but you get my point. Um, so, yes, it was an awesome experience. I would change nothing about it. I'm the luckiest guy I know in so many so many ways. But Rob Thompson has started this new thing called the 5% Club. And this is a neat stat. I didn't know that 5% of people who go and play sports in high school then go on and play a full four more years of sport in college. Okay. Only 5% of the people. Kind of cool. That actually feels almost higher than I thought it would be, really. I would thought I thought it would be lower than really? that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Just because it does seem very hard to make it to college. And yeah, a, it's super hard. Right. Yeah. Right? Because right? everybody there is really good. Absolutely. Right? Exactly. And then yeah. and you look at that percent that even goes beyond that. Is, oh, God. It's yeah. incredible, right? The the level of talent and skill and all that. that the the all luck. That, I mean, everything that goes everything, with it. Right? Man, everything, right? I'd rather be lucky than good anyway, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, because a lot of things have to go right. Everything, you know, a lot of things sure. have to go right. Think about the teams that win the Super Bowl. Yeah, so many things have to go, or any sport, right? What or the guy that won the Masters, sure. you know, like so many things have to fall in place for you in order to achieve that. So you know, we talk about cool to see that. You know, I honestly like this could be. This stuff gets me fired up as much as anything. Yeah, and because, you know, Richard and I talk about this all the time. We had our, you know, we're talking about uh, trying to ten x the company right now, and yeah. how do you do this stuff and you don't do anything if you're not pulling in the same direction at all times. That's you right. go back to um, one of the first things you said, I think this was on air. I don't know if we were talking off air or on air, but um, a culture guy, mm -hmm. right? And culture matters. Yeah. And, you know, audience, as you're listening to this and we're talking about, you know, desktop as a service and, you know, I'm sure you have competitors. I know you do, right? Yeah, and, of course. And, and there's probably good competitors. Out I, there. I respect every one of them. Absolutely. I really do. It's how I was raised. It's in my DNA. And, but the, and then that's fine. I, I understand. Yeah. I appreciate that. And we do too. But the reality is, is like, look, what matters to people. And I, I say this to that all the time. It is it. What matters out there. I always say this is it, the, the person that is going to call us. You is what they really want to know is, Am I, are you going to pick up? Mm -hmm. <laughs> are you going to pick up the phone and help me solve a problem? And is that problem really going to make a difference in my life? And is that problem really going to help my people? Is their, is their life going to be better because of this? Do you understand struggle? Do you understand what this is like? Yeah. And, you know, we, there's, we actually hire athletes too. And mm -hmm. it's because it, it, I'm, I joke that I'm an athlete. I'm not an athlete. I work out on an elliptical machine. But the machine that, or the people that work for me, like we have two people that were uh, almost Olympic athletes. Wow. And like there is a commitment that getting up at 5 a.m. every day from, you know, 12 years old That's to right. 24 years old that will instill for the rest of your life. Discipline. Exactly. That's right. And that person will be on the other end of the line when you call them. That's right. And if you can kind of instill that type of commitment to your team, to your company, to then your ultimately to your, your industry, that's where the widget separates itself that's right. from the other widget. That's right. And you know, I, I it sounds will, like that's what you guys are it, building. And I, will, and, and I will tell you this, right? At the end of the day, you know, yes, do we have a unique, unique way in which we deliver a solution? Yes. Are there certain problems that we can solve that maybe some of the competitive landscape aren't able to solve yet because of a number of reasons, right? Um, yes. It, are, is there miles of daylight between, you know, one DAS offering and another, no. At the end of the day, when I ask our customers, right? If I think about, I spend probably 99% of my job, 98, 99% of my time, either talking to existing customers, seeking to understand, hey, what are we doing right? Mm -hmm. And where can we get better? I learned a long time ago from a guy far smarter than I am, you either get a little bit better or a little bit worse every day. It's impossible to stay the same. And one of the things and one of the ways I have learned to get better is ask a lot of questions, seek to understand, 
right? So when I'm asking people like, hey, why did you, you know, what can we do to be a better partner? Or why did you choose Evolve IP and why do you stay? And this mm -hmm. is not an Evolve IP commercial. That's not the intent here. Um, what I hear, you hear a lot of things, but what I hear the most often, and when I ask them like, hey, why did you choose us? It's really like four or five things. One of them is is the culture. Like, what, what does that mean, right? And and for me, that is, um, again, every decision you make comes through the lens of are we living up to our brand promise of giving our customers a white glove enterprise experience? That's right. Are we demonstrating that we are going to attack every issue with urgency? We're we're not a massive company. We're three hundred twenty four employees, right? Like you know, so we we. We bring to the party a lot of flexibility and, and urgency in everything we do, right? Do we have a high care factor, Yeah. right? Because at the end of the day, once a contract is signed, you're left with what? The people, right? So the people part of the business is a huge part of our strategy. We work really, really hard to hire what we believe is the best and the brightest, and we invest in them and we develop them. Um, and as a result of that, they stay with us, right? Because we've got a unique model and way in which we support our customers, which is separate. But, you know, it comes down to the high care factor, the urgency, the accountability, the doing what you say and saying what you mean. Right. If, if I tell you I'm going to deliver something at 2 o'clock on Tuesday, then I should deliver it by 1 o'clock on Tuesday, right? I mean, that's at the end of the day, those are the things that really matter and what, in my mind, defines partnership over transactional relationship. Oh, yeah. And there's a big exactly. difference between Huge. the two. 100%. And we're all about the partnership. 100%. I am. They, we are, right? You know, Richard, don't use any names, but we were talking about this yesterday. And uh, the guy basically said, you know, we signed this contract and the guy that I dealt with just disappeared. Right. And it was, yeah, it, it was amazing to me that uh, that people do business that way. You know, I mean... That's great for you if you want to have that transactional business, and obviously it works for them. Sure, um, you know, but I, I, I just have the opposite perspective. I yeah. want it to be a long-term partnership. Absolutely, and the only way to achieve that is to always be there for them. You have to, you have to provide the right solution because everybody's different. Um, you know, but once you provide that, you've got to be there the entire time. Yeah. Right. It blows my mind how much money people are willing to spend when they're pissed off to get out of certain things. Yeah, you know, and that's right. and that's where you're just like. That money could go to paying employees. That's to right. Buying new equipment. To yeah. Buying could be a couple of employees, or or you know taking care of the ones you've got. That's right. You know, like there you go. Talent, good talent is hard to keep. These That's days, right. It sure know? is. And it's like, you know, that those are wasted dollars when you really look back really on are. it, and you're pissed off. Like those are making a dollar. We've you know got employees now, and and we've got one of the new ones. He's a big. He's got a big role, and he he's great. And he's really great at trying to spend money. And I said, hey. <laughs> people attract people attract expense. Somebody told me that a long yeah. time ago. <laughs> and I said, man, that's really great. I said, but I said, really, what I'd like you to do is just put a dollar in the bank. Just learn how to put a dollar in the bank yeah. first before you learn how to spend five. That's right. You know? Yeah. And that's what matters to these companies is like, and that's honestly what this podcast is about is trying to, there's so much technology coming at, you know, the C-suite today yeah. that, we just we had to figure out how to start telling people these stories in a way that's digestible sure. for the the senior level executive to get and understand like hey you're either going to you have to pay attention to this or you're going to lose a ton of money right and it's you, and will, we're not, be, you will be lapped you'll be lapped your competitors the, will pass you by there, well it's just there's so many negatives you'll yeah. be lapped your competitors will uh pass you by. Yeah. You'll sign a bad contract that you're like, and then you'll spend a million five getting out of it. Yep. And that's real yep. dollars. Yep. And or more, you know, or your I mean I could just keep going. Or you'll you'll hire people and they'll steal your laptops yep. at a tune of thirty percent. Or you'll hire them and they won't stick around because you're not giving them the tools right. that allow them <laughs> to do their job efficiently, effectively and give them because look, at the right. end of the day, people they have man, it's it's like customers, right? I always tell people when we have an opportunity to tell it, like, thank you for, for letting us tell our story and compete because mm -hmm. we, we participate in a very competitive market and we know that you have options. Well, guess what? So do the employees. Exactly. <laughs> right. 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 So right. if you're not, how many executives are you talking to? Or is it, again, is it a CTO? I, I understand that, but I mean, like, are you talking to the CFO CEOs all the, on a regular basis? Yeah. We, you know, in our business, it, oftentimes it depends on, 
what solution that they are zeroing in on, right? If you are having conversations specifically around desktop as a service, you are absolutely going to be at the CIO, CTO, and at some point in time. Some of the other solutions um, might be a bit farther um, down the down the, the org within the org. It might be some, you know, the IT director. Yeah. Um, it might ultimately work its way up, but... Well, um, see, the reason I'm asking that, it's, this is a little bit of a loaded question because I believe that, you know, I believe we're about to be in an elevated time where the CIO, CTO has to start working hand in glove with the CEO, CFO. 100%. There's, there's too much money involved yeah. and the risks I just mentioned a minute ago are... There's just too much technology these yeah, days, yeah. and I don't. I don't think many of these CEOs understand what's going on enough. Yeah, they're they're big decisions for a company. Um, yeah, but there's also big advantages for a company if they understand huge, it. They're huge advantages, and they don't for understand it. Yet. Yeah, they don't understand it. And oftentimes, the CEO doesn't like to talk about things that he's not intimately it, aware of. I mean, exactly. Right. What's my right. password? You know, like, <laughs> right. right. That's exactly. the whole purpose right. of this. Right. Yes. People don't like to talk about things they're not. They don't have maybe a, a, as good of a command on that topic as I, they would like. Exactly, right? man. That is exactly. So correct. it's about educating people and keeping it in terms that are easy for everyone to understand. Yeah, educating them to where every dollar that they spend gets put to use as well. Yeah. Right. Because so many times you find people that because there is so much technology out there. And people just throw things against the wall and yeah. hoping some will stick. And yep. when you when you really step back and look at their whole, you know, their whole you know tech landscape, you're like, wow, like we can yeah. really help out and do some things. But also, again, back to that ease of use. We live in an ease of use society. That's right. You know, if you want to order food, you know, you're on your phone now. You don't have to do what you did before. Everything is changing, and everybody wants something at their fingertips. And it's providing those solutions to those employees where they can do ease of use. Because if not. They'll go find somebody who does. Well, the minute it's not easy, they jump, right? They have a very short, you know, tolerance for things that are complicated, self-included, right? Look how many of these restaurants are going public right now. Have you seen this on CNBC this morning? Yeah. I mean, look at the new concepts for Burger King. And um, talk to me about that. I heard something about Burger King just the other day. I want to see if that's where you're going. Yeah, I mean, it's... Remember what was the movie Demolition Man back in the nineties, yep. right? And they had the Taco Bell was oh, yeah. like it's a fancy restaurant. <laughs> I mean, we how, how ridiculous we thought that was. Yeah, it's coming. Um, there's an I think it's called like Ho- Restaurant Group USA or whatever it is. Right, okay. o- owns a bunch of these um, churches, chicken and and Burger Kings or whatever. These concepts they're coming out with now. When they kind of did a flyover in the uh, CNBC this morning, they are not what you see today. They are mid level restaurants where you order in a restaurant that would today be considered, I mean, I don't even know what to c- compare it to a, almost like a Cava or yeah. a, you know, a little bit yeah, fancier. Yeah. Kind sure. of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they don't call it fast food. They call it uh, good food fast, right? That's okay. what they, I think they All call right. it. Yeah, I think you're right. And you're looking at this going, what world are we living in where they're going to charge $12 for a chicken sandwich or right. whatever? And the reason they're doing that, and I, as I'm watching this on my elliptical, because I'm an athlete, I think I mentioned that, is <laughs> world class. <laughs> Olympic. There was, Olympic a, by the way, was, there was an Olympic That was brilliant, sport. by yeah. the way. I love it. As I'm watching this um, for an hour, I'm thinking to myself, why are they doing this? And it goes back to the point of no one knows how to cook. And no one can cook anymore. And they've got to make restaurant eating super easy relatively cheap yeah and then i kept thinking to myself all they're going to do is make us fatter more reliant upon yeah a 12 you know a 12 dollar meal it, and but, a huge soda that comes with it when you when you order the small it's like right, yeah to right. fill you up yep and and hook you to the next four hours or whatever it is yeah and this is where you know i i started this going back to oh people you know they don't know how to do certain things and they don't want to learn and that the food is just an easy example of that right and you know it's too expensive in the business world to not learn how to do this stuff. Like if we don't teach them, right. Hey, we are your partners. We can help you with this. And if you don't, you're going to get caught out of business with some technology that you should have learned yeah. a year ago or, or your cybersecurity is going to be so weak that someone's going to come in and, and really put a hurting on you right. and lock you down. So I just don't think that, I don't think there's any time to delay in teaching these types of lessons. Sure. I guess is really what, that's really my whole, my and Richard's goal on this is like, look, we have too many friends that have too much at risk to not tell these stories. Yeah, right. Ah, it's my pa- that's where I get fired up <laughs> about this stuff. I really do. I'm, I'm fired up, passionate about this right now. That's great. It yeah. comes through. Good. I hope it does. It does.
Well, I could be the espresso too. Yeah. It's kicked in. Is it? Yeah, I could do some push-ups right now, but I won't. <laughs> You're an athlete. athlete. Back to an athlete. Back to being an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this show is not for the week. Um, what else do we want to talk about here? I've got other notes. Richard, your notes are exceptional. I appreciate this. <laughs> I always got your back. I appreciate it. So these are, I mean, we could talk about this, but I understand it. Bring your own smartphone. I understand sure. that whole thing. Same thing. Team collaboration, Microsoft Teams. Is there anything you want to talk about? What What do you think we've we've missed that matters? Um, I don't know that there's anything How specific. How great are we at a podcast? Aren't I, I, we exceptional? So by the way, first time ever for me. Yeah? Yeah. Natural. First, first natural. time, whether you hear people, first time caller, a long time listener. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Right. This is the first time I've done. What do you think? What do you think? I think it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I, um, I'm not like, I don't watch TV at home. Like rarely do I watch. Yeah. I'm just, cause I, I, I've got two teenage daughters, right? Wife, two teenage daughters, one wife, two kids. Um, that was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we don't, we I don't spend, hand out I fake spend, laughs here. Though. Yeah, you got to, you got to give gotta, something funny. Ready, yeah. right? I want to spend my time with them because I travel a lot. My, my role has travel demands. So when I'm home, I want to hang out with them. I don't want to be sitting around watching TV. Right. But I also don't ever listen to the radio. Don't even listen to the radio. I haven't turned the radio on in my car in probably 10 years. I don't even know if it works. <laughs> Literally. Right. And sometimes if I'm driving, if I'm on a couple hour drive, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking about stuff. Okay. Right. Um, but like putty on, on Seinfeld, just sure, sitting there, just sitting there. Right. But my kids and my wife listen to podcasts. So I have on trips with them as of late started listening to them. And it's, it's awesome. It's a great way to consume, right. Information, um, relevant information, something that you're interested in. Um, and I've seen a couple, you know, you, you get some, legacy athletes that now have gone out and, you right. know, don't, gone out and they do their little podcast. Actually one that I saw that was pretty cool. And I only saw it for a few minutes um, is uh, Travis and Jason Kelsey. Yeah. The NFL players. I think it's Jason Kelsey is the off for the Eagles. He's offensive lineman. He's center, I yeah. think. Yep. And Travis Kelsey, you know, the tight end for the chiefs, by the way, they're, I mean, not only are they great at their craft, they seem to be like really good guys. Good dudes, like, yeah. yeah. Good mom. Good. Yeah. All about their mom. Yeah. Like that tells yeah. you something about yeah. a guy, right? It, for me, it does. And that, and they have got a really funny podcast and they do, they play off each other really well. Or of course the Manning brothers, right? You can't, Hilarious. those guys are so funny. Right. So, but this is my first time. I think it's really cool. This is a great, by the way, awesome studio. You've Thank got you very here. much. Yeah. yeah. So clearly a lot of thought went into the design. So bravo. Appreciate it. I'm yeah, all in. It. I'm hooked, man. What what podcast do you have you listened to? Do you na- know the names of any of these? No, I could, no, wife, I can't say the names of any of them. Excuse me, your daughters listen yeah. to. Yeah, my wife and daughters. My wife and daughters <laughs> listen to on the way uh, on the way. There's driving. some good ones out there. But yeah. Yeah. We've um you know, we got into this medium a couple years ago and they've exploded. Yeah. Uh, a couple of our podcasts in other industries are number one in the world, actually. No they, kidding. Mm-hmm, two. Two we have two that are number one. So, Congrats. What are they? I want to listen. Well, one is an oil field and the other is an energy and transition are both number one. This will be number one. Just give us a minute. This will be, this yes. will be number wow. one. Wow. Yeah. So we know what we're doing on this. Clearly. Yeah. Well, I think what sets us apart too is we make people come in, right? It's yeah. not it's not a Zoom podcast. Where, right. You know, that people makes are a just difference over, for sure. I think it makes a huge Absolutely. difference. Absolutely. Yeah. There's just a rapport with people. I mean, that's yep. and you know, it's Actually, we will make. I make fun of everybody. What do I care? So, by I don't, the way, you should do it on Teams, not Zoom. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, they locked up. They locked up the word during uh, COVID, didn't they? Yeah. I never yeah. even heard of it until. Yeah, COVID. exactly. Yeah, they had a good good marketing during yeah, COVID, no doubt. Um, but there is just there's something about face to face that can't be replaced. Yeah. I, yes. in, in life in general. In life in general, right? And you know, it's it's being able to look somebody in the whites of their eyes when you're having that conversation, especially the critical conversations. Yep. Um, and just the ability to have like social graces. That's the, one of the things I worry about most about the, you know, that's not like my dad now. Right. But you know, you're right though. My kids are, or, you know, gosh, their kids, right. When they have children, it's this dependency of everything, you know, yeah. like it drives my daughters crazy. I won't text with them. I call them. I make them pick up the phone and have a conversation with me. Right. Um, like, come on, we, you know, you can't lose the art of being able to have a conversation, a conversation with absolutely. someone and be able to articulate your thoughts with words and not just 
over an know, emoji, an electronic device. Yeah, I always tell like, people gosh. I don't speak emoji. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. And I, so I have a massive appreciation for what we're doing right here, and it's a super comfortable environment. There we go. Um, so we again, bravo! Yeah. Thank you very much. I, I'm, 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 I'm all in, man. What, Richard? What do you think we need? To, is there anything we should touch on, or just no, another think, bang think, up job on our part? I think part? we did. A, I think. I mean. It all comes down to the guest, and we had an amazing guest today. It does, by the way. That is the truth. It you've it we've had bad guests. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> not we, not on this show. Not on this show. But uh, I've had bad. I've had uncomfortable guests in the past on other shows, and it's difficult. It's difficult. I, yeah, I could. I could. I can imagine. We it's, had one. It's hard. It is. Back <laughs> to your meeting earlier when you when you did the espresso break. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. We had one guest one time on a show. I mean, it was two and a half hours and I, you've seen me take notes here. I started taking notes on things that I was going to delete because I can do that. And by the third thing I wrote down, I'm like, I can't air any of this show. Right. And I just let him talk for two and a half hours. And he's like, what'd you, I was like, it was great, man. Great. Yeah. He left. I'm like, we're not putting that up right. at all. I just wasted two and a half hours of my entire of life. life. You'll never get back. <laughs> And he kept calling, like, hey, when are we going to put that up? I was like, oh, man, we, you're not going to believe this. We lost the whole thing. <laughs> the tape. The whole the tape the, was eating. The, yeah, we lost, we lost like, tape. the tape. Never going to believe it. The computer broke. <laughs> Smoked. I don't know. <laughs> He's like, oh, man, oh, you man. need to come back in. You I'm like, come back in, right? no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. we, we don't have a podcast anymore. <laughs> I was at dinner with a, I was in Chicago last week at dinner with a group of people. And so they were setting, you know, a number of different tables and the guy was three people to my left, but yeah, in a, you know, circular table. So everybody could, and this guy, this guy would not stop talking. And he, he, he didn't have respectfully great, like social graces and, at one point, and I, and, I, and I literally was not trying to be a wise guy. Literally, we were kind of like wrapping up dinner, and then I realized he had just started to eat. Oh, oh. and I said, "Oh, oh my gosh!" Did and I wasn't being sarcastic. Like, did they just now bring you your food? And he said, "No, no, I've just been busy talking the whole time. God put me on this earth to talk." Oh, jeez. Oh. And I said, and this is where this is one of my, you know. On a long list, I'm sure, of unendearing qualities, this is probably ranks up there in the top three is my bluntness. And I said, well, God also gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Yeah. Perfect. Right? How do you take that? Not well, well. Who cares? I didn't care. Yeah. yeah. I, hope he, I hope he hears this podcast. I hope he does, too. Yeah, he needs to. If self- I can remember his name, I'd say it. Self-awareness is a big <laughs> exactly. part of life. Exactly. Situational awareness. Yes. awareness. Yes. You have to understand. I mean, like. And if you have the whole entertain, if the, you know, the whole place is entertained, then you understand. If you're yeah. just jabbering, then shut yeah, up. Yeah, talking to talk. Listen, right? spread that word, people. That's right. Yes. This is going to many, Brevity many tens of people. Gravity is a lost art. Yeah, that's right. Well, so what was you saying earlier? Be the, brief, be bright, be gone. That's wedding speeches only, go. not that's podcasts. That's right. Not life, just wedding speeches only. Yes. Or other events. All right, so how can people find you? Tell us how to find, what do they need to know? Your website, what do we? What do you got there? So evolveip.net, that's E-V-O-L-V-E-I-P.net. Dot net, you guys yeah. want the dot net? Yeah, I, hey, I, that wasn't a decision I made. Evolveip.net, we're gonna yeah. let that slide. Yeah, okay. let that slide. Okay, and then your Evolve IP on, on the LinkedIn, I assume. That's correct. Okay. Um, anything else you wanna push one last time? No, you know what, I hope that, um, I hope that you feel like this was a good investment of your time. It certainly feels like a good investment of mine. I hope I served you well. So, Randall, you're on uh, Randall Thompson, we're, uh, Chief Revenue Officer of All IP. We're look you up on uh, LinkedIn. Yes, sir. If you have any questions. Uh, Richard, what do you think? Anything for you? No, there was, again, thank you for coming yeah, on. Thank yeah, really yeah, he showed up with a bag. He has bags. You're clearly traveled. I'm traveling, yeah. Okay. I'm on my way to Chicago. Right now. Right now. I'm getting, I've been getting a lot of emails. From um, Delta saying that there's traffic or there's uh, bad weather everywhere. I think they're kind of building up and kind of setting an expectation that I might not be traveling today. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> you know, they're kind of, but uh, we'll see. Well, thank you for your time. Truly, no, we appreciate really it. I this appreciate was an excellent you guys. Time. Thanks for, and actually, I don't ask questions 
for any reason that I I want to know. And yep. I appreciate answering these questions. I learned a lot today. So hope you did too, audience. Um, if you have any questions, look us up on all of our, where am I looking here? Look us up on all our social media channels. Uh, the It Crowd um, is listed under, is it a so showcase page? It is a showcase page. Under ClearSync? Yes. So it's under the ClearSync Solutions page on LinkedIn. Uh, the It Crowd podcast. And if you have any questions, just give us a call about bookings and guests and questions that you want us to ask or subjects that we need to handle. So thank you, Richard. Thank you, Randall. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Lauren, for producing the show, making me do that intro twice. Bye. The It Crowd podcast is proudly brought to you by the following sponsors. Upright Digital. Upright Digital specializes in partnering with your business to maximize marketing efficiencies. We have a deep understanding of people their needs, motivations, behaviors, as well as the technologies that enable brands in many industries to utilize what is available in a changing digital landscape. Find us online at uprightdigital.com. ClearSync Solutions, unifying your technology solutions with simplicity, from M&A integration to global connectivity, cybersecurity to managed services. We're your comprehensive partner aligning your business goals with technology for energy, oil and gas, and financial service firms. Trust our proven track record. ClearSync Solutions. One ClearSync, countless possibilities.